Chapter 7, Part 5 of Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Richardson. Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion, edited by Gerald Bernie Smith. Chapter 7, Part 5 the study of the old testament and the religion of israel five the reformation in england the early protestantism of england appears at first glance as almost wholly political and economic in character and its existence as due to the skilful manipulation of the proceedings of parliament by one determined selfish and unscrupulous man king henry the eighth that at a later time english protestantism became an immense moral and religious force fruitful in high achievement may be said to be the consequence mainly of the coming to england of great numbers of religious refugees from the continent and to internal civil disturbances that favored a propagation of the reformation faith though possessed of some superficial truth this view is misleading. To understand the English Reformation, one must understand the genius of the English people, their keen sense of independent nationhood, their reverence for the past, historical sense regarded for precedent, their honesty of purpose, their love of freedom and adventure, their appreciation of the worth of the practicable rather than the logical or ideal, the genuine religiousness. The church established by law in those days was such an establishment as was possible in a nation of people possessed of political genius, capable of worldwide exercise and desirous that their national life and institutions be permeated by religion, but not disintegrated by it. The student will observe how the early subserviency of the church in England began to yield to a sense of independence or opposition in the time of the Plantagenets, when Parliament and King, supported by a growing popular distrust and dislike for clergy and monks, and the powerful polemic of the great Wycliffe, repeatedly defied the papal church and passed severe legislation against it the accession of the house of lancaster its friendship for the papacy its attempted suppression of the lollards wycliffe's successors the submergence of the reforming movement in the conflict known as the wars of the roses the virtual disappearance of the old nobility in the struggle the rise of the Tudor dynasty with despotic power, the creation of a new nobility dependent on the will of the monarchy, and the gradual renewal of the power of the House of Commons are all to be taken account of in the religious and ecclesiastical revolution. The forces and conditions operative at the inception of the new movement in England may be specified in the main as follows religious influences persisting through earlier times 
given fresh power and developing distinctively English type through the Wycliffian Reformation. The infiltration into England of the continental descent that had prepared the way for reform and had produced a good many martyrs the religious estrangement from rome through the work of translators and expositors of the scriptures for example colette erasmus and more the immense incitement to opposition to the roman church through luther's doctrine of justification by faith the renaissance arousing skepticism as to the church's doctrines and claims and disclosing the ignorance and corruption in the priesthood and monks foreign political relations embracing the scheme of alliances through intermarriage among the royal houses of which the marriage of henry the eighth with catherine of aragon the alignment of england with spain and the pope's dispensation granting him the right to marry his deceased brother's widow involving the papacy in the dissatisfaction the fruitless marriage ultimately produced in the headstrong but superstitious king constituted a signal instance the long pent-up anger of the english people with the papacy as a foreign power that nevertheless drew heavy revenues from an unwilling people finally the popularity of henry with his own people and his power to awaken their enthusiasm by elevating england in the eyes of europe at a time when pope and emperor were at loggerheads and nationalism could assert itself with success the actual establishment of the english church occupies an important part of the story of four reigns those of henry the eighth edward the sixth mary and elizabeth the facts are related with substantial agreement in the general histories of the state and the church the student should examine carefully the following the significance of henry's participation in the controversy with luther of the divorce from catherine and the marriage with anne boleyn of the fall of wolsey and the substitution of cranmer as clerical counsellor and cromwell as civil counsellor and of the appeal of the house of commons the constitutional changes effected through the successive acts of parliament that finally broke all connection with the papacy and made the king the head of the church in england the limited extent to which the reform in doctrine order ritual and morals went the effect on england's relations with scotland the work of the reformation under edward is significant on account of the closer relations it brought with the protestants of the continent as respects doctrine especially and the reactionary feeling caused by the selfish and blundering policies of the young king's advisers this facilitated the restoration of the papal authority under mary her persecution of protestants and the revulsion it produced in the english mind is a matter of great moment to the student of english history
because it brings out a contrast with the common acceptance on the continent of the idea that death penalties were the normal punishment for heresy. Note that the Inquisition had never been established in England. The humiliating character of Mary's foreign policy, the coolness of the papacy toward her government, and the unwillingness of the English people as represented in their commons to restore the property of the despoiled monasteries and the other papal revenues tended to confirm the public mind in the belief that the good of the nation lay in the Protestant direction. The accession of Elizabeth introduced the glorious period of English history. The points of importance up to 1571 are the personal views and policy of the Queen, the restoration of the royal supremacy, the subjection of the ecclesiastical authority to the secular, the adoption of the 39 Articles as the rule of doctrine, the revision of the Book of Common Prayer prepared during Edward's reign, the establishment of the Episcopacy, as the form of the internal government of the church, the rejection of Puritanism, and the passing of the Act of Uniformity in Religion. The outcome of these measures is to be traced through all the subsequent history of the English people. There are many subjects that call for special investigation, such as the economic interests that affected the course of the movement, the extent to which the English Reformation was at bottom political, the influence of continental Protestantism on the doctrines of the English Church, the translations of the Bible and their effect on the life of the religious leaders and the people at the time, the degree to which the Reformation fostered the spirit of liberty, the reason why the Protestantism of England became the most prolific in dissent among all the Protestant churches by law established. 6. The Anabaptist Reformation The significance of the name Anabaptist or Rebaptizer is of essential importance, for it creates the impression that the people referred to laid special stress on baptism, while the reverse is nearer the truth. The clue to the derogatory sense in which the word was commonly used and to the bitter attitude assumed toward these people is found in the Roman Catholic view of baptism and in the sympathy with that view on the part of the Orthodox Protestant churches. The name Anabaptist is indicative of a thoroughly radical form of Protestantism. If it can be called Protestantism, and of an apparently anarchical tendency. Hence there is no movement of Reformation times that is better suited to give the student help at the beginning toward an insight into the character of the forces at work then. The following suggestions are offered as to the lines of investigation to be followed. 1. The affiliations of the Anabaptist movement among these are the evangelical and or dissenting parties of medieval times, such as the Petrobruskians, the Henrikians, the Poor Men, the Waldenses, the Lollards, 
there are the medieval and later struggles for economic and social reform or revolution following upon the crusades and issuing in peasants wars especially in central europe of which the one that broke out shortly after luther's breach with rome was very closely related to the rapid spread of anabaptism that came quickly afterward there are the affiliations with the spirit of intellectual liberty in the renaissance which produced a left wing of anabaptists there are finally the affiliations with the great reforming movements whose course had been indicated the student may ask himself whether it was not the consciousness on the part of the reformers that the anabaptists were carrying their own principles to a natural but unwelcome conclusion that led them to denounce anabaptism and to repress it as dangerous to the state church systems that sought to combat catholicism with secular support Two the different directions in which anabaptism tended to develop note especially the thoroughgoing individualism that was so strongly marked in them all a mysticism growing into pantheism on the one side after the manner of the later franciscans and the brethren of the free spirit with such prominent instances as david joris and Heinrich Nicolaes, or b mysticism flaming up into prophetism as in the case of the zwickau prophets that gave luther so much trouble or again c millenarianism under leaders like nicholas stork milkor hoffman and bernard rothman culminating in the minster tragedy or again d the prevailing type of the swiss anabaptists with their insistence on religious liberty free churches spirituality even beyond biblicism and a sane and healthy view of the state as necessary but distinct from the church represented by such men as balthasar hubmaya george blora conrad gribble and john den or once more e the anabaptists of the left wing who developed a rationalism that was but slightly permeated with the deep religious spirit that characterized the last mentioned and whose great representatives are the italians camillo renato george Beandrada, and the Socini, and perhaps the spaniard servetus three the principal tenets of the anabaptists the following points are significant a the immediacy of the individual's relations with god carrying with it the rejection of all ecclesiastical authority and legalism in religion all priestly mediation or sacramental efficacy b the pure spirituality of the christian religion carrying with it the renunciation of any external form of organization ritual or confession of faith as essential to salvation c the freedom and spontaneity of the christian spirit 
carrying with it the subordination of the outer word of God to the inner word of religious liberty and supremacy over enactments of moral law. D. Voluntarism in religion, carrying with it the rejection of the Augustinian doctrine of original sin and the associated doctrines and ecclesiastical practices and, on the other hand, emphasis on the saving quality of truly good works. C. The necessity of reproducing primitive Christianity in order to obtain a religion pure from the corruptions that had accumulated in the intervening period, hence their depreciatory view of the history of the church and their democracy. Next, the essence of Christianity found in the likeness of to Jesus Christ, hence their interest in the New Testament and comparative disregard for the Old Testament and their substitution of the Gospels for the Pauline writings as the chief source of Christian truth. Next, little emphasis on ecclesiastical organization, with democracy or in places a tendency toward Presbyterian organization, and with a consistent rejection of all alliance with the civil power. In the study of the working of their views in Reformation times, the student will be able to orient himself with respect to important religious and theological movements of later times. 4. The propagation and outcome of the Anabaptist Reformation in the times of the Protestant Revolution. Notice in this connection the spread of Anabaptism throughout Western Europe, from Poland to Scandinavia and the British Isles. The treatment the Anabaptists received in each of the countries included in this territory, and the attitude of Lutherans, Zwinglians, Calvinists, and Anglicans, not omitting to notice the instances of broader views on the part of some rulers. Their behavior under persecution and the nevertheless terrible effects of this persecution on the whole character of Protestantism the tragedy of the uprising at Minster, the sweeping condemnation of them on account of it, and the rescue of the remnant of and perpetuation of quiet Anabaptism through the statesmanship of Minno Simmons. 5. The relation of Anabaptism to the Baptist, Arminian, and Quaker movements of the later Protestant period. This will bring the student into an intimate knowledge of the struggle between state churchism and free churchism in England, Holland, and America. End of chapter 7, part 5.